that is it, my friends. 2023 is over. But thankfully, we have some content in the form of documentaries to keep us busy. Let's talk about that and much more. You wanted an Arsenal Women podcast. Well, guess what? You got an Arsenal Women podcast. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of that Arsenal Women podcast with me, your host, Demian. As always, thank you for your energy, for your time, for your presence. I truly appreciate it. I also want to thank everybody that has rated, subscribed, shared, liked, and all that good stuff. It means a lot. And if this is your first time here, not only do I need to welcome you, but I also need to warn you or give you an, an idea of what this podcast is. So if you don't know, I am a professional musician here in the city of Los Angeles, but I'm obviously a massive Arsenal women fan. So this podcast comes from a perspective of that, a musician, somebody that's very passionate about the, the, the girls and somebody that is not a professional journalist or a pundit, or a radio host. I'm just a dude with a microphone and an audio interface and the ability to record <laughs> all this stuff. And I have opinions and thoughts about anything and everything related to Arsenal women. So if you are somebody that also enjoys content, but in the written form, let me tell you that I have also a blog called That Arsenal women blog which you can find conveniently at arsenal excuse me that arsenalwomenblog.com again that's that arsenalwomenblog.com and in that blog i write every single day every single day sometimes it's directly related to a match or i try to do sort of my own way of doing some sort of match preview situation or i would talk about either an incident or something along those lines. So today, it's the end of 2023. We played our, the girls played their last match against Spurs, North London Derby, that you don't need to me to tell you that they lost. So I wanted to go over that and a couple of things that you might have read on the blog. But anyway, I think sometimes in spoken form might be a little bit better. So let's start with the match. I was a person who believed 1,000% that we were going to win. There was no doubt in my mind whatsoever that we would beat Spurs comprehensively. I thought a 4-0 win would be pretty standard, but I was made a fool by the footballing goddesses that, there, there, that exist. I had no idea what I was talking about. And I'm not here to qualify the, the, the players or their mentality or their behavior or anything of that nature. By the way, when, when I say behavior, I mean literal behavior on the pitch, like how they not behaved, but how they acted. They carried out their footballing duties, so to speak. I am a person that tries to focus always on the positives, and I try to be as empathetic as possible. And I think I can understand why the players were not at the same level as they were against Chelsea, right? 
So I'm trying to put things in perspective. One of those reasons, I think, is clearly the stakes weren't as high, right? You're talking about playing against Chelsea, Emma Hayes, you know, Sam Kerr and company at a sold-out virtually Emirates. You know, you're talking about 60,000 people at home, a crunch match, a, a, a potential six-pointer, yada, yada, yada. The stakes are really, really high, right? Whereas going to Spurs at the Spurs stadium with, I don't know, very few thousand people, I can understand why they would le let their guard down. And by the way, when I say any of this, I am not by any stretch of the imagination implying that the players are doing this on purpose or they're, they went on second gear on purpose or anything like that. I'm just trying to imagine if these are some of the potential reasons why I wouldn't not understand them, right? I would understand them completely. So that's one thing. The other thing is we're also at the end of a very, very, very physically and emotionally charged year. You're talking about, obviously, and speaking strictly about Arsenal, a season where you had four ACL injuries, you had, you know, losing a league title or not winning a league title. Yeah, we won the Conti Cup. That was amazing. Again, emotionally charged. We're talking about going to the World Cup. A lot of the players going to the World Cup. You're talking about four ACL injuries that prevented a lot of players going to the World Cup. You're talking about coming back from a successful World Cup for some and a horrendous World Cup for others and all those feelings. Then you're talking about maybe a week later to two weeks later, then having to prepare to play Paris FC for World, for Champions League qualifier and losing that. And then how emotionally that could have affected them. Then you have Liverpool and losing against Liverpool at the Emirates, the first match of the season, and what that means. Then you had a, another tricky result against Man United, you know, two or one one. You know, it, it it's tough. And then you have the highs of this unbelievable match against Chelsea and winning, I don't know, seven matches in a row or whatever. I understand the the peaks and valleys in emotions, but I can tell you what, I've never been in a situation like them having to perform at an elite level with so much stuff going on in your life, let alone not only football in life, but what happens outside of their life, their family, their relationships, uh, you know, pets, maybe religious beliefs or 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 they they are there's a cause that is near and dear to them um a war whatever like people are affected affected in many different ways and i am not somebody that just expects any of our players to just be these robots and not be affected by what happens in their normal regular lives and it's interesting because we don't really necessarily know what happens in their lives but the fact is that i give them the grace, and I think everybody should, uh, to these players to, to be who they are. And if they win, they win. And if they don't, they don't, right? That is just how I view it and how I see it. Of course, I get frustrated with some things, some decisions on the pitch, um, some of the, the things that Jonas has done and so on and so forth. But it doesn't mean that I think that it he does it on purpose, I just don't agree with X, Y, or Z. And, and I trust them more than I trust myself because I'm, I literally hit cymbals and drums for a living, whereas he is a manager of one of the most historic 
sport franchises of all time, right? So I particularly get that, uh, like I wrote, it was it felt like it was the last week of school where you kind of wanted to get out of there um, or you assumed that you were going to do great or ace a test. And then it was like, oh, whoa, I should have studied more. I didn't prepare enough or whatever. And again, I'm not hinting at a lack of preparation or will um, or even a lack of concentration. What I'm saying is it's a fact. They lost. Um, and, you know, I, I've i said this before, but I don't always or very rarely do I go and watch videos of the players before or after the match as far as like press conferences, what they say, interviews, and so on. I really don't because I think that I already consume so much Arsenal women content that I have to do other, st other stuff with my life. Um, and there was a thing that I saw Katie McCabe repost, uh, and it was Lotta Wubin Moy talking about how this result doesn't define them. And I love that she said that because I agree. I'm interested also to know how people felt when they beat Chelsea. Like, did that win define us? Like, would people have said the same thing in an interview? If we're talking about somebody like, like Wuben Moy, the answer is yes. She's an incredibly intelligent, super kind-hearted person from what I can tell from, from interviews and in, in what everybody says about her. So I believe, I, I trust her judgment. I believe it, and I agree with her. I am not defining this you know, uh, team because of that. I choose to define them for the team that played Chelsea out the ballpark, you know, 4-0. That's what I, what I choose to define them by. So I think when, when she evokes the idea of def defining or definition of something, I think it's, it's not for us to decide, but it's definitely open for interpretation. And I just so happen to agree with what she said there. I thought it was very, very well put. She's very eloquent, and I have to uh, give respects to that for sure. Now, when it comes to the end of the year and what is next, obviously they don't have a match till, I want to say, January, the second week of January. I think it was the 14th or something like that. So there's going to be a lot of idle time and a lot of content that is sort of peripheral to the what happens on the pitch. I'm definitely expecting there to be a very uh, active transfer window, right? I can see definitely four or five players leaving the club and hopefully at least one world-class goalkeeper joining our club. I definitely see that happening. And I, you know... I, and I say this every time we're near a transfer window. If I could survive the sale of my favorite player ever, Daniela van der Donk, out of the club, uh, I can survive any player leaving. That's just simply, just to be blunt. Like, yeah, that's fine. Whoever leaves, leaves. However, who has to come in, how I qualify them or what I, what I would like to see is a player that's as close to as good as Katie McCabe is at football or a Kim Little or a Viviana Miedema or a Beth Mead or a Leah Williamson or an Amanda Illestead. You know what I'm saying? Like we need 
star players to continue to join the team. We have seen an amazing season by Kira Cooney Cross. We have seen Chloe Lacasse be fantastic as well. So there's depth there, but I think we are going to lose some players. Um, you know, like I don't know what Noel Maritz is going to do when you have Katie McKay playing as a right back. Um, I don't know if Frida Manum is going to continue playing when there might be better options at 10 than her. Uh, I don't know if she wants to start every match. Um, you know, other players as well. I just think it's 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 important for us to be aware of that situation. But anyhow, if it's not about transfers that we'll be reading for the next month or so, there are other things such as documentaries that are going to be part of our Arsenal women football fans daily lives. And I would be very irresponsible to talk about the, I believe it's called a step-by-step documentary. I haven't watched it. I have a hard time watching something like that. At the moment, I'm not in an emotional place where I want to see it. I feel I'm a little um, too emotional these days, and I need to wait until I feel a little bit more solid. Um, By the way, don't worry about my (laughs) well-being. I've been working on a lot of music that is very emotionally charged, so I'm a little more sensitive than I've been uh, recently, only because of that. So if you were concerned, thank you, but no need to worry. The fact of the matter is that there's a lot of talking about people, their personal lives. We also have the BBC documentary and uh, of Leah Williamson playing piano, which moved me to my core. It was a very, very special thing. It was beautiful. So that's also content for us to have. But what I want to warn people about or excuse me, just kind of make sure that people are aware or are reminded that players are human beings. And as much as I would love to celebrate somebody being a couple, I also know that they're different, separate individuals. And the romantization of a couple in the world of sports it's not something that I have seen plenty of, so I'm not ready to pass on a judgment as far as if it's good or they're getting too much coverage or too little coverage. That is not necessarily what I'm going with this. What I'm trying to vocalize in a somewhat of a clumsy manner is that the more we build up somebody's life outside of the pitch as it relates to almost like a you know TMZ gossip story type of situation, about who's dating who and how their relationship is, yada, yada, yada. That's more pressure that is being put to on the player's shoulders by us directly or indirectly. So if it's hard enough to come back from an injury or play at a whatever level, if people have to worry about what is being said about their love life and stuff like that, I, I me, Demian, I have a problem with that. And I don't think it's very conducive to the growth of or the maintenance of elite performance for a club that is at the end of the day, a business in a way. So just kind of throwing it out there. And and lastly, one thing that I'll mention that I wrote about today that I, um, whenever I hear this, it, it, I have to say that, that it kind of, it kind of irks me a little bit. 
and it makes me feel like a little yucky and it's like I don't understand like I understand why people say it but I can comprehend also why people don't like it and it's this whole idea of a player coming back from injury regardless of how long they left and they're like oh it's as if they never left and I get why it's being said and I get that it's meant to be in, as a compliment like wow you it's like you didn't miss a beat you you were right where you you know where you were but some players went for went away for a long time and they went through hell and back and they have worked so hard to get to where they're at that I think reducing it to oh it, as if you were never left I don't think it's that amazing to hear and I would expect not to all of them, but maybe for some of them, hearing that in that way, that characterization of what they did, is it might not be the the best. So just putting it out there, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not the the barometer of what is good or what should be good. I'm just curious um, as far as what you would think about it. So anyway. That is all I have for you today, my friends. I will try to be back next week, but because of the holidays, I cannot promise anything. But I will promise that I will write every single day. For instance, tomorrow might not be a blog per se. It might be just a, you know, embedding of this very podcast. And who knows? Maybe I do write. But anyway, that arsenalwomenblog.com. I write every single day. I will be with you through the holidays. New Year's, Christmas, whatever it is, I'm going to be there. Famous last words, I might not even be around, but I'm going to try, I promise you. I hope all of you have an amazing Christmas season. Stay healthy. Don't drink and drive. All that good stuff. If you have family, great. If you don't have family, fantastic. It doesn't matter. Just try to be as happy as you can. We're so lucky to support this amazing club with these amazing players that regardless of ending the year on a quote-unquote low right the the way you end a year doesn't define anything you know we might we there might be a stat of like every team that became champion in the past you know 10 years were lost the last game before the year ended or whatever some correlation not equaling causation type of situation anyway enough rhyming i love you all that arsenalwomenblog.com we'll speak again real soon